Praise the Lord. Hey, we're so glad that you're here with us today at Cornerstone. If we haven't met, my name is Jay, and Celeste and I have an amazing opportunity of leading a great team of people here, and we are glad that you are here and that you're joining with us and that you're worshiping the Lord and we can worship the Lord together. Um, You know, here at Cornerstone, we use this imagery sometimes of uh, walking with Jesus. And we use this imagery because it talks about who we are as Christ followers, that we are on a journey with him. None of us is perfect. And all of us are striving to be more like Jesus. And since that's true, then that's who we need to be as Christ followers. We need to love God. We need to make disciples and we need to reach the world. And so that's who we are collectively and it's what we do. We want to be those that connect with others. We want to grow in our relationship with Christ and we want to serve using our gifts and abilities. So let me encourage you that you would be someone who goes and gets involved in our life groups. They happen throughout the week, throughout the city, and it's a great way to build relationships. It's a great way to get connected, to grow in your relationship with God. We've been talking about this theme called bad friends, bad friends. And we've been using this bad friends idea because Jesus is a good friend, even whenever we are a bad friend. And so we've been talking about that using scripture to look at it. One of the things that we do collectively is that we believe in Christ and who he is. We've been using the Apostles' Creed during this theme to talk about what we believe in and how we believe it. And if you look at the Apostles' Creed, then you'll see the words that are there and you'll see what it talks about and how we say it together. Do you guys have that for us? It says it like this, and we're going to read it, but it talks about who Jesus is and and who he is and what he had done for us. It talks about during that time that we'll pick up with a little bit today as we head towards Easter, talking about what he did on our behalf. And not just that, but that we as a part of the global church, that we believe in Christ and it unites us with our brothers and sisters in faith across the world. And so we're so blessed to be a part of that. Even though it's not part of our normal worship together to do a liturgy, we're going to do so today in reading it. Think about what we're saying as we make this statement of faith to the Lord. Let's read together. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, descended into hell, rose again from the dead on the third day, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, who will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy global church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Say amen. Amen. We are so blessed to be a part of a a church worldwide that believes in Jesus Christ. And that's who we are as part of his church, that we start right where we are at with our sphere of influence in our city, in our Jerusalem, and we go to our Judea and Samaria and so forth bringing the gospel message. That's why we partner with good people like Jim. And we do so because we believe in reaching right here in Arizona and then beyond that to the rest of the world. And so that's who we are and what we do. If you have your Bible, your tablet, your phone, we're going to look quickly today before we go to the, uh, the Lord's table at some scripture. We're looking at Luke 22. 
It picks up in Luke 22, and it says this, while he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him and said to him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the son of man with a kiss? Today, we're going to talk about betrayal and forgiveness with the question, how close are you to Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, God, that you love us so very much. Lord, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. Lord, you call us to yourself. Lord, you wash us off. You forgive us. Lord, it's by grace you do so, Lord, because we have not earned it. But Lord, we embrace you and what you want to do in our lives. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would breathe upon this word today. Spark in us that we would draw near to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're thinking about what makes a good friend. I would say a good friend is one that would forgive. What do you think? Someone that would forgive you. Have you ever made a mistake? Good. No hands up. That's, that's scary. All right, good. Um, I might need to start again on this message. No, it talks about in scripture like this, Matthew 6, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Dun, 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 right? It's like, man, that, that's pretty important because this is what God has done for us. What We have sinned all the way against God, done all sorts of things and turned our backs on God when he was good to us. And he continually forgives us. But he calls us to be those who emulate him to be more like Jesus. And so since that's true, then we need to be those that forgive others. And that's really tough. Because some of us have a good reason why we're angry. A good reason why we, we don't want to let it go because we were really hurt. But here's what we know. We can't be healed unless we get let go of the hurt. We can't be healed unless we forgive. We can't turn that situation over to a just judge, which is our Lord. We can't be the judge and jury on this. We have to turn it over to him. We have to forgive as he's forgiven us. The Lord help us to be those that forgive others. It says it like this, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. See, God is good to bad friends. God is good to bad friends. This week, we, uh, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. For all my Irish people, we join with you. Uh, for all those who, who are really not Irish but think they are, we join with you as well. It's like everyone's like, you know, 100% Mexican. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. You're like, are you, are you Irish? Yes. Okay, okay. I'm confused, but that's all right. I do the same. I'm Cinco de Mayo. I'm like, yeah, down in Spain. Hey, tacos. We're good for it. We're, you know, celebrate with everybody. I'm for you, man. I'm not against you. <laughs> but I'm like, we're celebrating? What are we celebrating? I'm for it. What's going on? Special food? Praise the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? Are there carbs there? You know what I'm talking about. St. Patrick's, and an interesting story, this week marks St. Patrick's Day, and it's interesting, you can get into all the different things, you know, getting pinched for not wearing green. Some of you guys are walking around pinching people, you need to stop that noise, man, that is ridiculous, you know, but 
sometimes it's like, you know, they're doing different things. And, and when we look at actually who he is, it's not, it's not a, an opportunity to throw off all craziness and, and go into revelry, but it's really to focus on who St. Patrick or Patrick was as someone who experienced the transformation of God. And what's cool about this story is that, you know, if you think about Patrick, he went to Ireland, but it, it, it's, and it's in a beautiful place, an amazing coastline. You can see some images that we have here of what it looks like in Ireland as, as it's just green and beautiful. It looks nothing like here. You know what I'm talking about? Could you imagine the water bill if we tried to turn Phoenix into Ireland? It would be insane. But you could see what it is. And, and he went there, but not of his own accord. In fact, he was someone that was stolen from England and taken there as a slave. And he was taken there against his own will. He was stolen off the coastline in a raid by, by the Irish at that time. And they stole him and they enslaved him. And they made him, you love this, a shepherd. They made him a shepherd. So he was there, and during that time, and you could think about it, if you were stolen from your homeland and taken somewhere to work with dirty sheep, how you would feel. You might even be mad at God and blame God for letting this happen to you. But instead, something happened in Patrick's heart. And Patrick actually leaned towards God in his time of turmoil. Learned, leaned towards God in his time of being enslaved. And he actually was prompted by the Lord to go and to flee and to actually go and, and to be emancipated and, and run from slavery. And he did so having this heart change that happened in his life. And he was able to flee after six years from being a slave from these people. And he went and because his, his heart was changed, he actually went forward and became a priest and became someone dedicated as unto God. And as he had his training, it was actually something that God moved upon his heart. And he was prompted to go back to the very place that had enslaved him to tell them about the love of God. You think about this imagery, you think about what it looks like with him. And he's always depicted holding the shamrock. It's something that we see in clover. It's, it grows everywhere wild and in Ireland. And, and he used the, the three-leaf one, to actually talk about the Trinity, God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, to share the word of God with the people that were there. What a powerful thing to not only forgive the people that did something wrong to you, but be moved in compassion and love to walk towards them with the love of Jesus. See, I think there are some that are here that the very person or people that you despise or that you have a difficulty forgiving are the same ones that can be reached by the love of God through you when they see the transformation that's happened in your life. I know it because I've seen it. I know it because I've experienced it. When people who have every right to hate my guts forgave me, it was the love of God in them that showed me who God is as a good God, as a good, good God. Now, here's another piece of tidbit. Patrick's also said to run all the snakes out of Ireland. Do you guys know this? I mean, there's a debate whether there were snakes in Ireland, but you know, I'm not gonna get into that. Um, but he ran the snakes out of Ireland. Now, last week we were talking about snakes and I was thinking about snakes 
And I love this because we were talking about how we want to be as wise as serpents, as harmless as doves. And we were talking about not being those that bite others. And this is exactly what happened with him is that he ran all that attitude of getting back at someone out of his life. Out of his life. And so whether or not he ran the snakes off, he had that done in his own heart. And it radiated forward as someone who forgave others. Isn't that amazing? I love it. I love it. You guys don't like it because they're talking about forgiveness. That's okay. The Lord be praised. You guys will like this one more. Today we're talking about Judas. I think I'm going to change this sermon mid-stride because this is so popular. No, we are going to talk about Judas. Here's the great part. Picking up in Luke 2, I'm sorry, Luke 6, we're going to first talk about Judas. And Judas, he was an apostle. Judas the apostle. And so as we talk about Judas the apostle, we think about him and we think about him in context of the end of what happened. But he was called amongst all the followers of Jesus to be one of the twelve. It picks up here. It says, in those days, he went out to the mountain to pray. All night, he continued in prayer to God. And when the day came, he called his disciples and chose them from them 12, whom he named the apostles. And it lists them all. And the very last one, it says, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Yikes. Here's the thing that we think about. Judas was called. Judas was called. We think about Judas as a traitor, but Judas was first a Christ follower. Judas was called of God. He was called to follow after God. He was called amongst others to be one of the 12 that Jesus poured into. Not only that, but Judas also was one that got to walk with Jesus. He was called to be one that was empowered by Christ to go and do the work of the gospel. He was there firsthand for the miracles that Jesus did. What happened with Judas? What happened with him? You know, some would argue, and it's argued in some theological circles, he, uh, he never believed. Well, I, I don't see that here. I don't see that. I, I see that he was called and something else happened in his heart along the way. I'd ask that question to you. What do you have to see to be convinced in Jesus? He was on the boat whenever he calmed the storm. He was on the boat when he walked through a different storm on water. He saw the feeding of the 5,000 and ate of the food himself. What do you have to see to be convinced? See, here's the thing. Something had happened in Judas's life. Something had got in there and he didn't let the transformation of walking with Jesus take hold. Because it talks about Jesus, it talked about Judas not even as just a follower of Jesus, but Judas was a thief. It says it like this, that he must have become jaded. He must something what it must have taken place. It says in John 12, where Jesus was there in Bethany, he's headed towards the cross in Holy Week. It says six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And they gave a dinner from him in there. Martha served and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with fragrance and perfume. There's a whole other sermon and series of sermons that's there about worshiping the God with extravagance, worshiping the God with your best and how the presence of the Lord, as you pour that out, it gets on you. 
It continues, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, whom who was about to betray him. Man, they got a lot of caveats in this gospel message, don't they? It's like, in Judas Iscariot, who was a traitor. It's like, in Judas, who was going to betray him. It's like, don't let you forget, right? It's all the foreshadowing, but very, very blatant. Said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Did he care about the poor? No, he did not. He had said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Ask the question of you this today. Are you stealing from God? When we talk about giving God our best, when we talk about giving God our first, are you stealing from God? When we talk about giving him our best tenth, it's a worship as unto the Lord and giving back for all the blessings and all the things that we experience. Are you stealing from God? Man, I know people don't even believe in God that give that way because they know the principle that's there. Not just that, not just money, but of your time, of your testimony. Are you stealing the opportunity, a way to use you so others can know the love of God? Are, are you so busy that you can't serve God? Or that you won't take the time when he prompts your heart, when the Holy Spirit prompts you to share your story, that you won't take the time because you're busy checking things off a list. Man, I love checking things off a list. But not when God tells me to stop and have a conversation. Are you stealing from God? I think about Judas. Somewhere he must have got warped. The guy who knows everything about everyone, the guy who does all these miracles, didn't know he was stealing the money? Of course he did. But there was grace there somewhere where Jesus was walking with Judas in grace. It talks about how Judas was the greedy. It says, as they went towards Holy Week, now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death for they feared the people. It says, then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot. It was a number of the 12. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and thought an opportunity to betray him in the absence of the crowd. This is a little different in Matthew 26. It says, one of the 12 whose name was Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, what will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Question, what will you betray Jesus for? I think about silver and 30 pieces of it. Nowadays, we don't think much about that and what that was because we're so far away from a gold standard. But in that day, that was a, a hefty sum. But it talks about how, how obviously Judas had walked so far away of his heart that it allowed Satan to enter into him. It allowed Satan to influence him. It, it allowed Satan not just to tempt him, but to move him to action whenever he engaged with it. And he was trying to get something out of it, out of being a traitor to Jesus. 
What's sad is that in my life, I've been a traitor to Jesus for a lot less than 30 pieces of silver. I've been a traitor whenever I tried to fit in and not stand up for what I believed in. I've been a traitor whenever someone asked me a blatant question about my faith and I recoiled and shrank back. I've been a traitor for a lot less because I didn't even get anything out of it. I was just trying to fit in, belong. But I already belonged to the children of God. I already belonged to a family that was a lot more than silver. It's a place that has a future where the streets are paved with gold. Because that's who I already belonged to. But I shrank back because I thought about this temporal place, which doesn't mean anything in eternity. God, help us. God, help us. That we wouldn't be so narrow-minded, so temporally minded, that we would trade our lovely God for something so cheap. It says he went from that place, he became a liar as he sat at the table with Jesus. And Jesus starts to unveil, they're, they're coming to that time like we will today in communion of a place of understanding. It says in Matthew 26, when it was evening, he reclined at the table with the 12. And as they were eating, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. They were sorrowful and began to say to him one after the other, is it I, Lord? Is it I? And he answered, the one who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. See, they don't, they're not sitting on a long table like the way we see, you know, in, uh, in Milan painted, you know, on a fresco on a wall where they're all on one side of a long table. It's like they're getting ready for a selfie. Hey, over here. They're sitting Middle Eastern style on the ground surrounded together, which meant Judas was nearby Jesus to dip his hand in the same part of the bowl with him. That's how close together they were. It says it like this. The son of man goes as is written of him. But woe to that man who have sent the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man never to have been born or not to have been born. Judas, who would have betrayed him, answered, who would betray him? It's still there, guys. Is it I, Rabbi? And he said to him, you have said so. See, he knows our heart before we do it. He knows exactly where we are. When the word came today, and thank you, Mark, for being obedient to the Lord to bring it, about challenging us to be those that don't fall into temptation, but that we would put him first. There's a reason for it. It's because he doesn't want you to walk into destruction. He wants you to live in the blessing of God. Judas becomes a traitor. We think about that night. The rest of the disciples have went with Jesus. They're there praying in the garden. They did it often. So that's where Judas knew when to look for them. And so they're there praying with Jesus. And Jesus steps away and he's praying, pleading with the Lord that he would take this cup from him. And he's, he's praying so hard and they fall asleep because they're tired. And he comes back. Can you not stay and, and awake and pray? And Jesus goes and is pressing into God. And it says he bled blood because of the stress of praying. But whenever he had settled it in his heart to be obedient to the Father, despite what was coming, he went forward. And at that time, this is when Judas arrived with this garrison of soldiers and with these religious leaders. It said that he led them 
And while Jesus was still speaking, there came a crowd and a man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to him, to Jesus, to kiss him. And Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? He came in to a friend and, and kissed him on the cheek to identify that it was Jesus. They knew who Jesus was. They didn't need him to do this. But what a betrayal of intimacy. Because in order to kiss someone in the eyes, you got to look, kiss them on the cheek. You have to look them in the eyes. And he did so, betraying Jesus face to face. We talked about Moses experiencing God face to face. We talked about Jesus wrestling with God face to face. You have Judas who walked with him for three years who betrays him face to face. And the Lord is with each one of us now in a different way than they experienced Jesus. The Holy Spirit is with each one of us. He guides and directs us. He calls us to repentance. He does all those things so that we might thrive. And how many times do we look ourselves in the mirror and decide to betray the Lord that made us and guides us? We do it with intentionality. And we break his heart. It hurts me because I know I've done it. And it hurts me because I know we do it. And we're supposed to be called the children of God. We live a different way than what Jesus called us to live. And then we walk in this world and tell people to follow Jesus. And they call us hypocrites. It hurts my heart, church. It hurts my heart. That we would betray Jesus face to face. My challenge to you, my challenge to us, is that we wouldn't betray him, but that we would ask for forgiveness. We would walk empowered by the Spirit of God. We would live his love to people around us. And they would see broken people living for Jesus, not living perfectly, but turning to him when we make mistakes. Because he's the God of the second and the third chance. He's the God that loves us and picks us up and dusts us off and leaves the 99 to go after the one. That's the God that loves you. Christ goes before them and they judge him and he's headed to the cross. And Judas finally, finally becomes the broken. This is when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. They didn't care. Their minds were made up. But this, this hurts my heart. That Judas, in his guilt, he didn't turn to Jesus, who forgave everyone, he saw him forgive. He went and he died in his guilt. It says, in throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and went and hung himself. Friends, here's what I have for you. You don't have to die in guilt. You can go to a loving God who will forgive you of your sin. 
You can leave your past behind, even betraying the very God you're coming to, and you can ask him to forgive you, and he will because he loves you that much. You don't have to live a life away from God. You don't have to die away from God. You can come and know him personal. We ask this question, how close are you to Jesus? Today as the worship team comes, we're going to prepare our hearts to take communion together. To come to the table, the very table that Judas sat at. But Jesus took those elements of the Passover and he turned them into something else. He gave them a new meaning because they were going to depict what sacrifice he was making for all of us. And as we come to that table to remember it, it's sacred to us. We do so with hearts that are washed clean because we want to be those that press into him and, and take that moment in sacredness. So we need to ask him to forgive us of anywhere where we've fallen short. So today, as we've seen this message of Judas, that we too would check our hearts, that we too would look at our motives, that we too would forgive, holding nothing back from what God wants to do in our lives. It says that he is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Maybe you're here today. You never answer that question, have you embraced Jesus? You've never asked. You've never answered it. Today is your day to ask that question and to answer it, to embrace Jesus for who he is. For us, the symbol of the cross is one of transformation. It's one of, of change. Because Christ went to the cross, he took all of the sin of mankind and he took it on himself. And he paid the price. We read it together. He paid the price to send it into hell. But he didn't stay there. He overcame death, hell, the grave, and came alive again. And it's in our faith in him that we place our trust. Because the living God who overcame hell is the same one that loves you. The same one that forgives you. The same one that takes on your sin if you would only embrace him. But it's not fire insurance for a future away from God. It's a living relationship with God. And so let me encourage you today that you would embrace him. That you would live for Jesus. It says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Friends, today is your day of salvation. Today is your day to recommit your life back to Jesus. Don't have an ending that's like Judas away from God. Come back to him today. I'm gonna ask all those in the room, if you would just stand right where you're at, bow your heads. If you're online, that you would just prepare your hearts. It's a simple prayer, one of embracing Jesus. His heads are bowed. That's you, and you like to make this decision to follow Jesus today. If you just raise your hand right where you're at, saying, Jay, that's me today. I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. I'm making a decision to recommit my life to Jesus. See, I see a hand that's there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the other hands that are here. Thank you, Lord, for you that are making a decision online. 
It's a simple prayer. It goes like this. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Friends, we rejoice with you as you've embraced Jesus. That you would know the forgiveness, the love, the peace that is found in Jesus Christ today. For all of us as we come to this table to rejoice together. We're going to have this time of worship to prepare our hearts for it. If you haven't, you can get some elements. The ushers can help you. There's some here in the room. And if you're online, that you could prepare some elements to participate with us. You don't have to be a member of this church or a member of any church. But we do ask you to be a Christ follower. Because we do hold this as sacred as Jesus gave his life for us. But I want to pray that each one of us, each one of us, would be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. To learn from Judas. And even though we might be around Jesus, does not mean we've embraced him. That we would embrace Jesus and live for him. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this tale, Lord, of, of warning. Lord, that we can actually come and we can ask for forgiveness. Lord, we don't have to have an ending away from you. But Lord, instead that we can embrace you. Lord, we can walk with you full of who you are and not allow the enemy to enter into our hearts. Lord, we thank you for a future that's brighter and blessed. Lord, even though we go through hardship and difficulty, you are with us in the midst of it. So we thank you for those things. We pray that you would pour your spirit out upon us, that we would be transformed into your image. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You have your elements. And take communion together today. All elements are two parts here in the house. The first reveals the wafer, and the second piece of foil reveals the cup. Luke 22, it says, and he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the king, kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, which had been given thanks and he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which has been given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup that has been poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. Pastor Cindy, I'm gonna ask if you'd pray over the bread today. Father, we Father, we just thank you so much. We just thank you for Jesus, Lord. We thank you that He chose. He chose to go to the cross. He chose to have his body broken for us, Lord. So that when we do that in remembrance of him, Lord God, you provide, Father, you for provide for our healing, Father. Not just in our physical body, in our spiritual, in our mental, in our relationships, in a lot of areas of our life, Lord God. We are so thankful, Lord. We're so thankful for the broken body of Jesus, that he paid the price that we could not pay because we're not righteous enough, only in Jesus. So we thank you today, Lord. 
And we give you thanks and praise. And we do do it in remembrance of you. Let's take up the bread together. So that's I'm asking you to pray over the cup today. Father, we thank you for your blood that was shed for each one of us. We thank you that you are no respecter of persons, but Lord, all of us are children of God. And this morning, Lord, many of us have a heart that's heavy because we know people that we are standing in faith, believing for, that will also know your love and that you've created them and that you have a purpose for them. And so, Lord, we are grateful for your incredible sacrifice. And we also stand for those this morning that we're just believing for, that the miracle will come their way, that we will also see them come to find you as their Lord and Savior. So this morning, Lord, continue to move in our life. And we are forever grateful for your incredible sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the cup together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I want to just say that we are so grateful that you're here today. What an incredible word. It challenged me. I told Jay, ow, those questions hurt this morning. <laughs> it was amazing. I just want you to leave here knowing that God loves you. He's for you. He desires for you to fulfill the very reason you were created here. As you leave today, you're going to see there's a basket back there. Um, we have invite cards that are updated for Easter. I encourage you to grab some, invite a friend. Um, man, we're praying for you. We're praying for your neighborhood. We're praying for your workplace. We're praying for your family, that they will come to know the love of Jesus. So as you head out, grab some, invite someone, let them know that there's some amazing activities taking place the weekend of Easter and tell them that you have a spot here for them. Amen. Before we go, let me pray this blessing over us. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lord, I pray a blessing upon your church, your people. That you empower us by your spirit to live your love out to those around us. We pray this in the powerful name that is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Know this. We love you very much here at Cornerstone. God bless you and have a great week.